One of the questions that I am asked by parents oftentimes is, what are the the greatest forces that mold and shape the minds of children. And of course, we all know that education is perhaps the strongest one, the greatest influence, simply because children will spend an average of eight hours a day with an educator in a classroom exposed or exposing his or her mind to the philosophies and worldview of that particular individual right or wrong, good or bad. That's what the child will learn. And believe it or not, sometimes the the teacher's opinion and the teacher's so-called expertise weighs more heavily on the mind of a child than that of his or her own parents. Hey guys, welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old and press on to the new. If you are a subscriber, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you are a brand new listener, if you're just uh, checking in to see what's going on on this podcast, I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for your time. And I hope that, uh, that you gain much wisdom, direction, and understanding, and that it help you help you break free from that old mindset, the mental constructs, those paradigms, those those strongholds that are keeping you from becoming everything that God has created you to be. Keep in mind that this podcast will include theology, spirituality, biology, and of course, psychology. (laughs) I hope you enjoy it. I would encourage you to take a few minutes at the end of this episode to give us a five-star rating. And won't you also take a few minutes to to leave us a positive comment, some, some feedback that will help other people who are looking for what you're looking for today connect with us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You probably noticed that the introduction was part one of this series called The War on the Mind. And if you haven't listened to the first part, I would encourage you to go back, listen to part one, then come back and listen to part two. Uh, The war that I'm talking about is, is the war that is raging against the minds for our children. Not the next generation, but the generation, the current generation that is being bombarded left and right with ideologies, with philosophies that go against what the Bible teaches. Yes, you heard it, the Bible. Now, I don't make any apologies for preaching the Word of God on this podcast. I'll let you know very respectfully that, as I mentioned earlier, this podcast will include theology, spirituality, will include God's Word. I'm a believer, I'm a Christ follower, and I believe that transformation can only come through Him. And if there's one area in our life one area in our life that we at times leave open. We open the door and allow the enemy to come in uh, like a flood. It is our mind. The Bible says that the devil is the father of all lies, that he is the great deceiver, that he is the accuser of the believers. He goes around as a roaring lion, the Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. He is a counterfeit But yet he knows and understands that if he's able to infiltrate the mind with ideologies, with philosophies, with doubt, then he will be able to capture the attention of that individual and control his or her life forever. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. Let me say that again. 
Guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. Now, the question is, how on earth do you guard your heart? And what is your heart? Well, your heart is your spirit. I'm not talking about the actual heart that pumps blood throughout your system. I'm talking about your spiritual heart, your spiritual man. That is what the Bible calls us to guard. Now, what is the gateway to the heart? And since the heart controls the direction of the course of our life, how do we guard it? What do we need to be aware of? Well, you need to be aware of the gateway of the heart. What is the gateway? It's the mind. The mind is the gateway to the heart. The mind and the heart are directly interconnected. The question is, what is the gateway to the mind? And the gateway to the mind are the eyes and ears and actually your five physical senses, your atmosphere, whatever you are exposed to. And that's why you have to be very careful to whom you lend your attention. Listen, you need to understand that repetition will form your worldview. And you're probably, of course, an adult listening to this podcast, but I'm, again, Referring to our children, I'm referring to the little ones, to the generation, the current generation that is growing. They're being exposed to things and to ideas that you and I, well, I don't know about you, how old you are, but I'm 50, but things that we were not exposed to growing up. I remember, I recall, you know, my oldest son, David, when he was uh, probably around eight, nine years old, I, I remember that he enjoyed watching Blue's Clues. How many of you remember Blue's Clues? Blues Clues and you I think they're here somewhere Let's use the thinking chair It was a really popular show on, on Nickelodeon back in the 90s and actually is still going. Uh, of, of course, <laughs> I wouldn't let my child sit in front of Nickelodeon or a Cartoon Network anytime uh, these days. Uh, back in the 90s, it was still okay. It was, it was somewhat clean. You still had to uh, monitor. Uh, but these days, it has completely changed. I will use the word morphed. It has morphed into something that is completely different. It has undergone a metamorphosis. I want to share what I came across just a few weeks ago on uh, Blue's Clues on Nickelodeon. Hey Blue, look at all these families. Hi families. It's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one. Hurrah, hurrah. Families marching one by one. Hurrah, hurrah. This family has two mommies. They love each other so proudly and they all go marching in the big Two by two, hurrah, hurrah. Families marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. This family has two daddies. They love each other so proudly, and they all go marching in the big parade. Come on, friends. At this point, you're probably thinking, wow, <laughs> are you serious? Is that, is that for real? Or is that a joke? Well, no, let me tell you, it is real. It is happening. Now, if that doesn't irk you, (laughs) to say the least, you're listening to the wrong podcast. (laughs) You're listening to the wrong podcast. Or if it it bothers you that I am uh, giving this kind of critique uh, and I'm mentioning this kind of outrage, well, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. As I mentioned in part one, I am completely completely for children. I am a huge proponent of protecting their minds. And therefore, that's why I'm the head of a school. 
of a Christian school, not just a private school, but I'm the head of school at a Christian school, and we teach biblical worldview. The mind is fragile. The mind determines the course, the destination of each individual. And this is not something that is exclusive to the Christian belief. This is in many belief systems. As a matter of fact, Gandhi once said, never let anyone with dirty feet walk through your mind. He went on to say, he said, watch your thoughts because thoughts become words. Words affect your emotions. Your emotions affect your decisions. Your decisions become actions. Your actions become habits repeated over time. Your habits form your character and your character leads you to your final destination in life. And it all started with a thought. The most formative and or deformative years in the life of a child is between zero and 11. If you have not done your due diligence at raising your children the right way, and they're already past 11, you pretty much missed out on your opportunity. But wait, there's more. (laughs) There's more. There's more that you can do. There's more that you can do. There's another window of opportunity that opens up sometime around the 18, 19 year mark in which you can start to deposit in them, deposit in them wisdom, deposit in them direction. But of course, as a parent, as a parent, don't expect to lead your child by the hand unless you have connected to their hearts. Please understand that. A lot of parents want to lead the way without first connecting to their hearts. Remember that children very subconsciously, just as you do as an adult, when you meet someone for the first time, a child will always, in a split second, subconsciously, without thinking about it, instinctively, will ask three very important questions about mom and dad, about the teacher, and about most of the people they come into contact with throughout their life. They ask three very important questions. Can I trust you? Can you help me? And do you care for me? Those are the three most important questions that they will ask about you, yes, you, mom and dad, before they even open up and listen to what you have to say. Therefore, you must first connect to their hearts before you lead them by the hand. Connecting is important. What I've seen throughout the past 10 years Throughout the past 10 years, just you know, recently, because I've been an educator to, for close to 30 years, but these past 10 years, I've seen a complete and total disconnect amongst families. And you wonder why, huh? The big uh, dot-com boom, the, 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 the explosion of social media really was somewhere around 2008, and it just it started out slow, but then it, it, it turned into a huge snowball. And these past 10 years, people have been so engaged in social media that they have forgotten how to connect even with their own children. A friend of mine, Dr. Bernard Gant, someone that I value very highly and I look up to, 
He once said something about the sharing of the gospel. If you are a Christian parent who is trying to, as the Bible says, train up your children in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart from it. He said something that was uh, very deep and profound. He says that whenever we're teaching the word of God, he says, make sure that he says that you have a fine balance between truth and grace. Yes, truth and grace, because this is what he said. He says, truth without grace condemns. However, grace without truth condones. And you know what? Our churches today, and I'm not going to go on this church rant, but our churches today, I would say that over 80% of them are teaching grace without truth. People are living worse lives than the unbelievers because the church has taught them that God is love, and that's it. They haven't taught that God is correction and that we should have the fear of the Lord. In other words, we should revere God. We should be reverent of Him, but yet we have taught that God is love and all is okay and that everything is perfect, and it is not. And so going back to the training up the children, you know, understand this. If you want to connect with them, you also have to have a fine balance between rules and relationship. Because let me tell you, I believe it was uh, Josh McDowell or uh, probably Josh McDowell maybe who said, he said, rules without a relationship equal rebellion. Let me say that again. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. In other words, if you're all about following the rules and telling your kids to follow the rules and you're always chastising them, always getting after them, always, you know, bringing out the paddle or the, or whatever, the wooden spoon, <laughs> whatever it is to, to uh, discipline them or giving them time out. And you're just quick to do that, but yet you have no relationship with them. That will always end up in a rebellious heart. The child will rebel against you. And the contrary When you have relationship, only relationship, everything is fun and games. Let me give you whatever you want, son or daughter. You know, let me provide you with the latest, you know, gaming resources, you know, whatever their age is, the toys, an abundance of toys. You know, I know a lot of parents that are that way. And so when you give, give, give relationship only and there are no rules, it turns into aggression. What do you mean, Milton? How does that turn into aggression? You're talking about, you know, connecting in relationship is important. Exactly. But when it's all relationship, when it's all permissiveness, and there are no rules, the moment that the situation gets out of hand and that little boy that used to used to just uh, uh, require the latest toys and wanted more and more and more. And if he didn't get it, he would cry. The moment that he grew up and started smoking a joint and then escalated into to cocaine, the moment that you tried to pull those reins in because you gave him everything and you were permissive and the little girl who went and had, who had sex at age 15, and now you're trying to pull in the reins. And you can't because the child is now becoming aggressive. It's exactly what happens. And so 
What am I saying? I'm saying that there has to be a fine balance between rules and relationship. One of the enemy's greatest weapons, and when I say the enemy, I'm referring to Satan himself. One of his greatest weapons against believers is distraction. Everyone is distracted these days. Now, let me ask you, did the pandemic distract you? Did it take you off course uh, slightly a bit? Yeah, probably more than just a bit. A lot of you lost your jobs. A lot of you lost your sanity. A lot of you lost your health and lost loved ones. Some fell into depression, anxiety. Divorce was rampant. Children running away, suicide. I mean, the suicide hotline had an increase of 400%. We were totally distracted. And the enemy wants to keep you distracted. Let me, let me read out of Colossians 2.8. But let me just tell you that. We need to recalibrate, guys. We need to recalibrate. Now, if you're not a parent anymore because, I mean, if you are a parent but your kids are older, good. I hope you did a good job. You may have grandchildren. If you're the grandparent, it is your responsibility to deposit into them also those seeds that will bear good fruit. We all have a responsibility. If you're a teacher, you have a responsibility. If you're a mentor, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. But distraction is always going to take us off of that course and will cause confusion. And so let me read out of Colossians 2.8. The Bible says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Does that sound familiar? Now, this is Paul writing to, uh, to the Colossians. But this is so true today. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. Oh, my goodness. There are so many empty philosophies that have infiltrated the public school system and its curriculum. Philosophies on social media left and right. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers. I just heard someone who is in, in the uh, scientific world they were saying that, of course, you know, they don't want to call women women anymore. They want to call them birthing people. <laughs> birthing people. Why? Because according to the scientist, men can also eventually give birth to children. Now, if that isn't stupidity and nonsense, I don't know what it is, but that's why the scripture says, don't let those high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking capture your mind. These are spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. A bunch of nonsense. Now listen, listen, you're old enough. You're old enough to discern or maybe spiritual enough to discern. But can I tell you that your children aren't old enough and mature enough? Some of your teenagers aren't. Come on, let's be honest. Their prefrontal cortex, you know, the, the, the part of reasoning and rationale isn't fully developed until they're in their mid to late 20s. Some of them <laughs> apparently never mature. I know some 50 and 60 year olds that act like teenagers, for goodness sake. And so I'm, you can criticize me over this, but I'm truly 
totally against people sending their, their children at 18 years of age off to college, off to college, out of state sometimes, or even within the same state, but, but several hours away from their home. And yes, I know what you're thinking right now. Come on, Milton, don't, don't, don't be like that. Come on. You've, you've, got to, you've got to cut them some slack. You, you've got to allow them to experience life, the college life. I mean, come on, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We have to allow them to experience that. And you know what? Yeah, that might be your belief system, but I would, I would rather, you know, at least give them two years of college locally, do their basics before going off, at least allowing them two more years of prefrontal cortex maturation. <laughs> Why would you send them off? <laughs> What's the hurry? You know, seriously. And then they go get in, they get mixed in with the wrong people. They get mixed in with drugs, alcohol, sex, and then they come back home a year or two later in trouble. So give them time so that their prefrontal cortex fully develops or at least develops a bit more before sending them off. Keep in mind that the prefrontal cortex contributes to to a wide variety of executive functions. That includes focusing one's attention or predicting the consequences. Listen, predicting the consequences of one's actions or anticipating events in the environment. And this is a big one, impulse control. It helps with impulse control and managing emotional reactions. And so when your kid comes home from college in trouble, don't ask, what were you thinking? Because in all reality, they weren't. Please understand that we are in the middle or in the midst of a cultural war. It is a war of ideas. It is a a war of opposing, extreme opposing polarized belief systems. And it is a war that has one objective, and that is to capture the next generation. Ken Ham and Greg Hall once said that the enemies of our faith in Christ knew or understood early on that the easiest way to capture the minds of our youth of the next generation is through education, since they are a captive audience. I mean, I know I've said this before, but keep in mind, they spend over eight hours, eight to 10 hours a day in a classroom with a teacher that they usually look, look, look up to. They believe each and every word that they say, and sometimes whatever they say is much more credible than what mom and dad have to say. I read a story about a young lady, a freshman at Georgia Tech, and her conversation with one of the deans of, uh, of study. Uh, he told her, because she was asking so many questions, he said, young lady, you are asking way too many questions, and you are only here to listen and to learn. You have been indoctrinated for 18 years of your life by your parents and the church, and all we have are four whole years to undo the damage that they have caused. Yes, true story. This happened at Georgia Tech. Karl Marx once said that education of the child 
uh, begins the moment that they are no longer dependent on the mother and when they become hostages to the state institutions. Lenin said, give me four years to educate children and the seed that is sown will never, ever be removed. Joseph Stalin said that education is a weapon and its effectiveness depends on who controls the weapon and who is the target. Now, Adolf Hitler said, allow me to control the textbooks and I will control the state. Horace Mann, the founder of public school education, once said, parents turn their children into us as hostages so that we can execute our own cause. Listen, by the time a child is five years old, all the way through his 18th year of age, so about 13 or so years, between five and 18, if a child goes to church once a week, he will have attended church for 750 hours from age five to 18. Once a week, 750 hours. If the child goes twice a week, which you know some, some do go Sundays and, and Wednesdays, uh, if they go twice a week, they will have attended for 1,500 hours. Now, listen to this. On average, a child between the ages of 5 and 18 will spend 15,000 hours on social media. Let, let me go back to what I said. If they go to church twice a week from 5 to 18 years of age, they will have attended 1,500 hours versus 15,000 hours on social media. Get ready. Between the ages of 5 and 18, how many hours do they spend at school? They will spend a total of, and this is excluding extracurricular activities, they will spend a total of 16,000 hours at school. So you tell me, who has the greater influence on the life of a child? I mean, keep in mind that the way that a mind is programmed is through repetition. It is through repetition. Listen, if you don't teach your children the truth, someone else will teach them a lie. I mean, come on. Would you, would you let your children attend a school that taught that 2 plus 2 equals 5? Or that turtles are faster than cheetahs? Or that the United States was defeated by the Nazis or that Elon Musk discovered America <laughs> and I'm being funny. I mean, would you allow your child to attend a school that taught that the law of gravity is fake news? Come on, would you? Of course you wouldn't. Of course. So why would you ever send your child to a school that teaches them that God is irrelevant and non-existent, that you cannot trust the veracity of the Bible, that God did not create the earth, the world, much less humankind, and that sex outside of marriage is okay, and that marriage between two men or two women is acceptable. My question is, why, why, <laughs> why would you allow this? Just as I said, children spend an average of 16,000 hours in school between the ages of 5 and 18. Do you know how many hours it takes to form a disciple? 
16,000 hours. Exactly. 16,000 hours. Who is discipling your child? Who's mentoring your child? Who's depositing seeds into their minds? Because whatever that seed is, if it's watered over time through repetition, it will eventually grow and it will take over. It will form an edifice, a construct, a mental construct, a paradigm, a mindset. Guard the hearts of your children and start by guarding their minds. All right, guys. Well, I hope this episode has helped you. If I've offended a few of you, hey, (laughs) that means that I did a great job. My goal is not to please anyone. My goal is to speak the truth. And as the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so I hope that uh, you got something from it. I hope that it has awakened you, especially in regards to your children and their education. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. DM me through Instagram, uh, preferably, and send me a message. I would love to answer your questions about uh, Christian education and the importance of forming in them a biblical worldview. I will leave uh, the link to my Instagram, my YouTube, and also to my appointment uh, scheduler. I will leave that in the show notes. Please take a few minutes to give us a five-star rating and leave a positive, uplifting comment for others to see so that others can connect to this podcast as you have. God bless you guys, and y'all have an amazing rest of the week. Goodbye.